The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. It is indeed that time again. Welcome back to another program, Afternoons with Mike. Heard daily, Monday through Friday here on The Shepherd. We also howl around the weekend with the, the best of programs. And I have one of my best of guests on the phone with me right now. Dr. Ben Rawl is a chiropractor in the Central Florida area. And he has uh, is no stranger whatsoever to the broadcast waves. He is a podcaster and uh, was on The Shepherd for a while. It was uh, really great yeah. to have you here. And it's always great to check in. As I mentioned, you're one of my uh, go-to guys when it comes to medical stuff, when it comes to things that uh, all of us are dealing with. Dr. Ben Rawl has been around for a number of years. Welcome back to the program. Always great to be here, Mike. Uh, excited about today's topic, but uh, I really do consider it in, in, in honor. You know, one of the definitions of doctor means teacher, and that's my favorite because and that's what this is about, especially, um, as, you know, from a faith-based perspective and just when it comes to health and healing. Um, <laughs> it affects all of us, right? Nobody, everybody, everybody thinks about their health. And so um, I'm honored to be back on the show with you guys. Love, love what you do and, and love your show. So excited, excited to, to catch up and talk. Yeah, man, it's really great. And I know that you are busy this time of year uh, with the year end. I don't know what it is about uh, year end and beginning of the new year, at least for me physically, I, I felt great coming up to Christmas. And the day after Christmas, man, I started feeling those telltale signs in my throat and it's like, uh-oh, what's going on? And within 24 hours, I had a fever. And I think a lot of people uh, kind of maybe get a little, is it safe to say, a little run down by the end of the year. And we might be more susceptible at a time where a lot of people have some time off. And that was a bummer yeah. for me because I had a couple of days off and instead of being out doing things outdoors, I was kind of like just reposing and resting inside my home. And I, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. You know, I saw, because, you know, I'm in active practice, so I definitely get kind of like my finger is on the pulse oftentimes. So I kind of see when things are happening and, I don't know. This year, Mike, seemed to be I was we were talking a little bit earlier getting ready for the show. I I normally do pretty well. I don't I don't go down very often. I'm pretty healthy in that regard. But even this year, and I I, I mean I could probably find some science. Of course we all understand this idea that when we get run down, we're more susceptible. That is pretty logical and obvious if we, you know, burn the candle at both ends and we're living on caffeine and we're not getting enough rest, we all kind of it would make sense that we're more susceptible. But I just, I noticed this year that um, I don't know if, if it's been more stressful for people. I don't know, but I, I even went down for a couple of days myself. And I, I usually live in denial when I start to not feel good because I just don't have time and for that. But um, it oh, did yeah. take, me, take me down a couple of days. But when it comes to that conversation, right, I think we all somewhat, there's this, there's kind of two parts to it, Mike, right? There's, hey, what can I do? to prevent that, right? And that's the lifestyle wellness stuff. We'll talk about some of that today. And then sometimes people ask, you know, well, what can I do even if I am in that, and if I am in that battle? And so, or, you know, I am recovering. And so I think there's, there's a couple of conversations to have there. We at our office are just started this year, um, a few days ago with a, a 28 day challenge where we're calling it where exactly what you said, what are the basic habits? What are the baseline? We're calling them what are the non-negotiables that we need to have in our life to keep us healthy and strong um, and more resilient? It doesn't mean we never get sick. It doesn't mean we will never have a cough, the sniffles, or, or something even more severe. It just means that we're doing our part, right? We're, yeah. we're uh, stewarding our bodies well. So, yeah, excited to talk about this. You know, the beginning of a year is, is always a great time to do that personal inventory thing. And when it comes to our health, Ben, when we look at our health, and we look at the stresses that are going on in the country right now. It's no surprise, right, that a lot of people 
are feeling that stress. And we all know that stress in and of itself is something that can break down our resistance. Uh, We're probably not resting as well as we would like or maybe even normally do. And when those factors all come together, there's like a perfect storm, right? Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm literally sitting in front of I'm in my office and I'm looking at some materials I, I have that and the num literally it just happened to be in front of me. The number one kind of habit non negotiable that we have I have on my list here for my patients is is sleep. It's just what you said, seven to eight hours of sleep. I've always mm-hmm. found it fascinating. Mike, if you just it's gonna sound a little strange maybe to, to some of the listeners. I remember uh, over the years I've been doing this for about twenty years and um I studied sleep for a long time, just trying to learn, you know, about it. And I had read this book by kind of the guru of sleep. I think he was uh, Yale or Harvard. I mean, he studied sleep for like 37 years. I mean, this is what this guy had dedicated his life to. So I'm just trying to learn all about it and what to do, what not to do, these kinds of things. And (laughs) I still remember, Mike, it says, he said, "Um, okay, you know, I've studied all this stuff. He goes, here's my, here's my summary. He says, we still don't really understand sleep. We just know that we need it. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I laugh because some of these things, that the way that God designed us, it's funny to me, Mike, that at the end of every day, all of us lay down in, in bed for several mm-hmm. hours. It's yeah. just, I know this maybe is like... Just it sounds like an odd, a weird conversation, but just it's fascinating that that God did that, and He said, "I'm going to make them need to sleep every day, and they're going to rest." And of course, there's a lot of things that happen during sleep, and really, a lot of them we don't fully understand, but we know we need them. And the science on it, or part of the science for the listeners, is you need about seven to eight hours. That's the sweet spot. Less than that, you don't do well. More than that, you don't do well. Interestingly enough, so yeah. there's also just a few little caveats here. Some people say, hey, I don't get much sleep in the week. In the week, I wait, I make it up on the weekend. Science would say that's not true. I when there's agree. a deficiency, you don't, you can't make up that deficiency by doubling it up in sleep. So you'll just have the ramifications of being depleted. You, so so I want a person to, to know that, that that's kind of uh, false logic. I understand why we say that. I'm sure I've said that in my life, but you really want to strive for that window of seven to eight hours. Now, some people will say, hey, and, and you use your your you know body's responses you know what feels better to you but we you know they've done they have done significant amounts of work on this so you find your sweet spot just some other quick tips on sleep try to go to sleep um, at, at the same time every night plus or minus right your body's rhythms get set up so try not to be oh I'm up till midnight one night I go to bed at ten the next two in the morning the next that gets you out of out of cycle and then also trying to get to sleep at a reasonable hour, right? That 10 to 2, 10 to p.m. to 10 to 2 a.m., that kind of magic window just with the way that our, our biological rhythms are set up, that's just special time to try to get some sleep. Of course, there's uh, nuances to that, people that work night shifts and things like that. But sleep is so important. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you brought that up. Now, you mentioned the word rhythm, and that was the very word mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about. Uh, people need to get into a good rhythm when it comes down to shutting their mind off. What do you find, Ben, are the main, let's say, hindrances to having that rhythm kind of going on in a good way in our lives? Yeah, well, you mean you you ask great questions. You always do. So I would say, and because as I dove into this um, this uh, program that we did for this year, I I had just wanted to polish up and everything. So I was asking the same questions you're asking, and what has changed? And of course, I have kids. I've got two children, teenagers, and so I'm I'm living that life with them. And I've what I've noticed, or what I reflected on, like I'm, I'm 45, so I, you know, I remember being a kid, and and there's just. And I thought this to myself this, this over the course of the last month or so. So many things that take up so much time of our lives now, my kids and so on, are things that didn't, they didn't even, to some degree, didn't even exist when I was a kid, right? When we think about social media, we think about television. I was joking the other night with one of my kids about um, like a, a TV show. And they said, well, why don't you just, you, why can't we just watch all of them? Because they're used to being able to just like see the whole season. I said, when we were little, if you didn't see the show on Wednesday night at seven o'clock, you didn't, it was over, right? That's there right. was no, yeah. <laughs> no DVR. Yeah. No DVR. No, yeah. Or to program a VCR that was like going to the moon. And you know how to do that. <laughs> but I, I, so, so much of what's eaten up our, our time and our attention, Mike, 
it, they are the common culprits, okay? They are things like social media. I go through these studies fairly often. I'll give you the relatively the most recent ones I remember, which is average person spends about four-plus hours in television every single day. The average person is on a screen seven to eight hours a day. They're on social media for an additional several hours a day, and these are probably conservative metrics. And so that's a lot of, of, of attention, and that's not even talking about that if these things are good or bad for us or what's on those things. We all know that there's marketing and uh, you could call some of it propaganda. I mean, just there's agendas to all of that. We understand that. So that absolutely messes up that rhythm. There's been numerous studies now that show, Mike, that it affects our mental health. I mean, especially with young women, which is, is fascinating. They've just found that things like uh, extended social media use and things like that leading to depression and anxiety. So mm-hmm. your, this, yeah. to your point earlier about this perfect storm, you know, add some depression and anxiety because I'm constantly feeling inferior because of the social media feed I'm on all day long. That runs me down physically. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm, you know, missing the mark. And uh, that's another stressor in our lives that I, that we that's new to, you know, us in the last, you know, decade of our lives. And I don't think we've appreciated, unfortunately, the negative impact. So one of the, I mean, it is like you were cheating. I literally have in front of me this this next one of my next things I talk about is I just call it, you know a daily devotional or and then also in there Mike is you know 15 minutes of, of reading with no screen right just being in for for example being in the in, in the Word of God or being in a maybe a book you're reading or um, something real not on a screen we have to unplug and I know that's almost heard so often, but it, we can't, truth is truth. We can't downplay that, right? Water is good for you. And a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now, they're still going to be telling people to drink water. So I mean, that it's not toxic. That's so right. Some of these things are simple, but they're, they're critical. I mean, sleep is easy. Sleep, sleep is simple in the sense that lay down and go to bed, but there, there's no hack to that. It's just required. It's just part of, of healthy living. We always want the hack. We want the shortcut. We want the workaround, but things like this, that's why I'm calling them non-negotiables. There's, there's no hack to this. There's no shortcut. When you don't get them, you're negatively affected. The average person reads less than one book a year, Mike. That's not okay. We're becoming dumbed down. I don't mean to be kind of a Debbie Downer here, but we do need to wake up to these realities. So I went off on a tangent there. No, I really like that tangent because I think you're right. I think we have gotten ourselves into a place where there's almost like an addiction level to these mm. screens. And it's very clear when you're in the restaurants or even <laughs> I see this at the Publix when I'm there, for crying out loud. People are paused over, stopped, and they're not looking for food. They're standing there looking at their phone. Maybe they're answering an email. I know I'm plenty guilty of this myself, but I think you're right. I think that we have left behind something that is so critical to our mental health, to our well-being, mm-hmm. and, th- and that whole thing of reading. I mean, not only does it relax us, but it prepares us and it trains us and we we learn from what we read but right now americans by and large are getting all of their time absorbed with this thing called the screen and it's this addictive nature of social media that i'm most concerned about you know i've heard it i've heard it discussed um cuz i'm pretty on top of this because mostly honestly because of having children. So I'm just navigating that as bad, but also um, the, a lot of the, the people in this, in this you know, area, Mike, they really say that we're in, we're in a grand experiment because even though we feel like, you know, it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere, everybody has a phone, but understand that wasn't the case a generation ago. And right. so we're not sure what it's, re- well, we are learning more and we're getting some, more information, but it, and it's not good information. So this experiment that we've been in, which is what happens when everybody has a device and they're on it for multiple hours a day, and it's kind of like you mentioned, this one-way information. They've done several studies, brain studies, where they find out, like, for example, when you're, when you're watching a show about nature, your brain is engaged very differently than when you're in nature. Oh, that's okay, what well Basketball is different than playing basketball, right? Talking to your friends on social media, even Zoom and those things is different 
literally different physiologically than being in a room with him. I think we don't, we just came out of Christmas or some of us did as we, you know, whether we were sick or not, but we were with friends and family and, and conversations and laughs and hugs and presents and, you know, maybe a worship service, these types of things. And I think we all know that, that that's, that's, that's special, right? We know innately that that's, that that's special. But my fear I think is somewhat like yours, which is I'm afraid we're losing that. And here's my here's my point. If we lose it too long, Mike, then we'll 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 lose that contrast to even remember what it could be like, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's what I'm. That's my concern that that we we get too far gone that we forget what it's like to just sit down and break bread with, like you said, with without a screen. And so we we do need to take it serious. We do, you know, I I I really recommend that. <clears throat> you know, talk, look at your screen time, check it out, try to take some breaks from it, try to take a day off, a week off, every other. Set, your, set some parameters up for yourself. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't apologize for trying to encourage people to get off social media. I'm not on social media. It's not part of my life. Um, and I do that not because I'm some sort of perfect, perfect human. I do it honestly to protect myself because I'm a guy that would probably get too into it. You know, I had to do the same thing. I took off of my phone, Facebook and Instagram. Now, I never was a big ig or but I spent my share of time on Facebook. And you know what? When it comes down to it, I mean, even from the standpoint of what we are seeing with our eyes that we shouldn't be seeing, it's so easy to get tricked into these little videos that just one right after the next and people are swiping up on their phone and looking at these videos and man, I just could not trust myself. And so I, I literally did what you're saying. I removed it from my phone and do I miss it at times? Yeah. I, sometimes I find myself wanting to do that, but boy, I tell you what, it it frees up the heart when you're not bound and you don't have that, you know, Vin, I was having a conversation with someone just the other day. And in that conversation, we were talking about how he had been talking to another friend And that in that discussion, they were doing a comparison to life in 2024 now and life in 1985 and how simpler the 80s were. We didn't have even, for that matter, most people didn't have computers the way they have them today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So much less phones that are are high-end computers in and of themselves. And with all of the tech benefit, this individual that he was talking to said, I would still say I preferred the 80s, the simplicity of relating one, one with another, free from the encumbrance of all of this tech. And I could not agree more. Do you, you know, so you, yeah, I, I, I think any of us that lived that, the irony was that those of us that are in that age that remember the pre, uh, like you're discussing there, um, you know, and the promise with a lot of this technology was it was going to free us up. Yeah, like we were going to have more time because we were going to be able to do things, any you know, this type of stuff. And I think we all realized whether it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional. I think we all realized that was a fool's game. It's not what happened at all. If anything, it's made our lives more complicated. But you said it frees up our mind. You know, and you said when you're when you're off of that, and and it protects our hearts and things like. But you know, the other thing, and this is kind of probably one of the things we can maybe talk about next, Mike, which is. So it also frees up a lot of time. That's and right. With yeah. that, then we can then now because my probably my biggest objection I get when people are saying, "Hey, I need to take care of myself, but I don't have the time." I say, "Well, be careful telling me that because I'm probably going to find you a few hours here when we talk about what's going on with the screens, That's and then right. we can't have time for healthy eating and some movement exercise things, which we can maybe talk about next." All right, that's what we're going to do when we get back from the break. I'll be back with Dr. Ben Rawl, and we're going to talk about these things that we really need to do. We need to really curate these things in our lives in such a way that we can become free to do what God wants us to do and not what the world is leading us to do. I'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. 
Dr. Ben Rawl is my guest today, and he is a chiropractor down uh, south of Orlando. Tell us about your practice. Uh, yeah, we're in the uh, Kissimmee area right off of um, kind of uh, the loop for the people that know that kind of Hunter's Creek, Osceola area. We have an office here uh, called Achieve Wellness, and we uh, I'm a chiropractor by profession. We also do a lot of uh, holistic healthcare things, nutrition, detox, fitness, really just the things that, <laughs> interestingly enough, Mike, I mean, they're really the things that that is our health, right? And so, of course, chiropractically speaking, I work with the spine and the nerve system. But then we all know that what we eat matters, how we move matters, things we've been talking about today. So that's what we deal with in our office. We are a, a kind of a all-ages office. We take care of, you know, everything from little kiddos to, you know, people that aren't little kids anymore. So we're just a family-based wellness practice. So, uh, yeah, thanks for asking. You got it. And what's the website? Go ahead and give that right now, and we'll get that again at the end of the sure. segment. Yeah, it's achievewellness.clinic. So that's a little bit different. It's not .com. It's achievewellness.clinic. We have our, 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 our website. And then we also have, for the listeners, I know you've mentioned that, our podcast is called Designed to Heal. A lot of people appreciate that because if you can't get to my office or already have a great doctors and chiropractors and things like that, um, we do a lot of, we just talk about a lot of health content on there and, and how to's and bring on some great guests. So if you enjoy this type of conversation, you may enjoy our show called Design to Heal. Oh, I know they would. They would enjoy it much. I love you guys and uh, it's great. How's Jeff doing, by the way? <laughs> Jeff is doing, well, you have to put up with me, uh, my co-host <laughs> you're referring to there. So we, we have people laugh about our dynamics on there. So I think that's part of what makes the show work. Jeff, you know, kind of hangs some stuff out there as the average Jeff, which really is, you know, what we're talking about here. I, yes, sure, I'm a doctor. That doesn't mean a lot to me. That just means, you know, I spend, I get to spend a lot of time you know, learning about these things, but then that doesn't do any good if I know them, if I don't translate them over. So the, the dynamic is try to make this useful, try to get this into people's lives so they can receive the benefits. Now, I like what you just said, because that set up my next question perfectly. You, you, you're you a doctor. We all know you're a doctor. And yet, just because you are a doctor does not mean that without you being very intentional, you're not necessarily going to just always make the right decisions that keeps one healthy. And I think yeah. that that misnomer, that wrong way of thinking that what mm. I know is going to keep me and protect me in every way, we've got to put that thing into practice and mm. become a doer of the word and not a hearer only, right? You know, like, so this might shock some people, but just because it's my industry, I, I see a lot of these studies, and um, it, there, it's been some shocking statistics coming out of healthcare lately. Now, of course, we all understand we went through COVID recently as a, as a profession, as a world, but um, what what they've seen is a lot of, you know, burnout. They've seen, honestly, uh, increases in, in, in suicides, um, early retirements, um, people dying much younger. There was actually a very scary study yeah, that just yeah. came out uh, in the end of November in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Mike, and for our male listeners, this is not good news. It was actually part of why I started this challenge the first of the year. We called it Beat the Odds because the men, the life expectancy of a male in the United States has dropped down to 73.2 years. That's Get the out of here. Been in, in, in ever. And, and it, actually, there's a delta between men and women of almost six years. So, Mike, when we sit here, so I'm, you're, you bring up a great point. So, and I, and whether, whatever profession you are in, but you're right. We, there isn't, I talked about this hack earlier, and I'm not, I'm not you know, anti-drugs or anti-doctors or whatever. I'm just simply saying we, we realize that, that that doesn't undo the effects of the lifestyle things, right? We can't just burn the candle at both ends and expect to take a pill that's going to that's gonna fix that. And I don't, again, I'm not knocking on the medications. I think that's just common sense. And so we're seeing, though, we, like you, you alluded to this earlier, I think what's happened is our buckets have gotten so full that we used to be able to kind of handle it, right? The mm -hmm. resilience was exceeding the demand. Now, when you've added the increases in the stresses and lifestyle and, and inflation, or I don't, it doesn't matter, whatever you're at in your life, um, I just think the bucket overflowed, and we're all kind of looking around. And, and when that bucket overflows, right, things show up, things get damaged. So you're seeing, I mean, uh, people, I, I, Mike, I, I said this, and this is a little bit of a tough topic, but my first probably 10 years in practice, maybe 12 years in practice, I honestly don't know if I ever had a patient 
that I that I that that passed away. I never went to a funeral of a patient. That, that never had happened. And I, I mean, I don't work in emergency medicine, so it's not like it's a, that scenario. But over these last few years, I have had people that you know that we you know you almost hear this term, Mike, right, where people are, have died suddenly. Just they don't make sense. Just stuff I never used to see before, what? and it's it's heartbreaking. Obviously, there are people I love and care about, but patients. But it's just um, matter of fact. I just had a, a woman today that was just sharing a story about her husband that just passed away last week, and they did an autopsy on him, and, and they said literally we can't even find anything. It's just it's quite confusing times, and I know that can be scary. So I want to be a good news guy here also, which is this: I don't know God's plan. It says He knows that He knows the number of our days. He knows the hairs on our heads. I'm not here. To, 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 to battle with God on how many days I get. However, I do want those days I do have, whether it's one more or 1,000 more or 10,000 more, that those days I have left that I have been able to live them to the fullest, right? The vitality of those. And right. so there are certain things we need to do. Another one of those is, is movement, right? Exercise is a swear word for some people, but we need to move our bodies. It's, you know, move, you know, life is motion, right? When, you know, if you're not moving, if your blood ain't flowing, if your heart ain't beating, you're not alive. And That's right. so now it's gotten a bad, it's, I say it's gotten a bad name, right? It's, it's an industry. It's, you know, people gotten confused. They think they need to be in CrossFit or go to the gym or have a personal training. I'm not talking about that stuff. Those things are fine. Do them if you love them. I'm talking about moving our bodies, the benefits of exercise, just even something as simple as right. a 30 minute brisk walk three to four times a week. Honestly, if I read you off the list of the benefits of that, you would almost think I'm, 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 I'm lying. I mean, they're unbelievable just from, you know, blood pressure and, and, you know, uh, mental health and Alzheimer's and these kinds of things. So there's really, it's another non-negotiable. That's another one of those things that we, you know, I said this the other night when a seminar that we did, Mike, I just said, you know, and I'm imagining your listeners as well. We're all adults here, right? Come on. We're, we're, <laughs> We're adults. We, we can, you know, when it says in the word of God, right? Like when you're a baby, you needed milk, but hey, come on, you're an adult. We can eat real food here. Let's, let's, let's be mature about this. We can say we don't like exercise. We can say, hey, it's not my thing, but we all understand that, that our bodies need it. Okay. I don't like paying, you know, my mortgage, but it's required. Okay. That's it's hard right. to keep it a house. It's a so, lot better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's be mature about this and let's just realize Movement is important. Am I getting enough of it? If I'm not, now all the studies on this, and, and you've probably seen some of these even, right? They call sitting the new smoking. A lot of things have happened to the sedentary lifestyle. As we got those computers, as we got those screens, um, people are on them more. That means we're sitting more. So people, you know, they sit at home, they sit in their car, they sit at work, they sit when they drive home, they sit on their couch. Like we're just sedentary. They've said that literally sitting is worse than smoking from an overall health standpoint. Oh, wow. So we've got to. We've got to move our bodies. I don't care what you do. If you play basketball or go on a walk with your wife or walk the dog or honestly, there's great programs out there. We offer some. It doesn't. That's not the point of this. You audit your life just like you would look at an audit year. And sometimes you want to double you want to double dip. I, I love to, um, you know, my, my mornings when I'm working out, I like it's a great time for me to also spend time with the Lord, with worship music or things like that, or something like podcasts or listening to things or spending time with your spouse or your kids or your puppy dog, like, like just stop fighting it and saying, Oh, I hate exercise. Then you know, I don't, don't call it exercise. This is God gave us two legs in the body, you know, and we need to use them. And you know, if we don't, we lose it. I mean, that's just the fact I, I, uh, sadly, I have that temptation for sedentary living. I live a lot of my life sitting down in front of these computer screens, uh, doing radio production. That's not exactly up on a treadmill. I've not found a successful microphone that, that works well in that kind of a, of a setting. But the point of it is, is that if we get outside, there's not only that kind of good impact that walking brings, but I'm really convinced that being outdoors where you're not, you're in nature, you're in God's creation, uh, the air is different out there, you get vitamin D from the sun, uh, there is just something to be said about spending time outdoors that brings peace and that mental health wellness. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we can under... Stated. There was a, a great 
book written on the Sabbath, written by a, a doctor. He's actually a medical doctor before, and he had a real uh, he was an atheist, and he had a real life transformation. He became a pastor. His name's Matthew Sleep. He's an amazing guy. You may know him. But um, he talked about Sabbath, and he told this story from back when he was in his medical days, and he was training some residents. And he put up a picture, Mike, and he put up a – was a picture of – it was an X-ray, and it was like a chest X-ray. And he said to the residents, okay, what's, miss, or what's wrong with this? What's, what's, what's wrong on here, right? So everybody's looking at Nobody could figure it out. Matter of fact, it goes through the whole day. All the students couldn't figure it out. So the next day they come in, still nobody could figure it out. And he said, okay, I'm going to show you. And what was, what had, what was going on there is uh, the clavicle, right, our collarbone. Um, in one of the images, the collarbone wasn't there. His point was this. You didn't notice it because it was missing. And he said, and he talked, his point in this was referencing the Sabbath. And he was saying, we don't realize all the things that taking Sabbath out has caused, so we don't even know it's the problem. Wow. My point in this is we've taken out, like you just described, being in nature regularly, breathing that air, going on, feeling the brisk, you know, lately in Florida, the cooler air. And, and there's, so when we lose it, and if we don't have that contrast, we won't even realize it's gone, and we're living these artificial lives, like you said, on screens all the time and sitting in our houses. And that's my actually my, my, my bigger concern is, is we just lose it, we, and then we start to not even notice that it was the thing that we, that we missed. I don't know if I'm articulating yeah, that well. Yeah, that's beautifully so said. You, yeah. When you look at your life, ask yourself, what are some of those just you know, baseline things? You know, it's like, you, Mike, do you remember that study, or you ever heard that study they had um, – uh, it was an orphanage. I believe it was in the Ukraine or Russia or one of those. And they had um, these babies. It was an orphanage, and, and this is old, old school stuff. And so they, they, there was a rule they didn't want. They didn't allow the people to hold the baby. They would feed them and things, but they couldn't hold them, nurture them, you know, rock them, hold them on their chest because it was viewed at that time as, as like bad. Okay, it was just real sterile. And what happened in this study? I believe there was twelve of them, twelve or fourteen. Every one of those babies died. Wow. And the point of this story is, is right. There's just something about a mom or a dad holding their baby. Okay. Yes. There just is any of us that have experienced that or either way as a parent or, or as a child knows that there's something about being out in the sun. Now there's science to support that, of course, but you don't need the science to just know it. Okay. Um, so I just encourage people get outside Get moving. Get a friend or a you know a, a, a pet or, or something. You won't regret it. It only helps. You know, all boats rise. You'll feel better. You'll think better. Your you know your health will be better. All those things that we're talking. about. I agree completely. And recently, I've been on my feet, walking a lot more, and I can honestly tell you, I can tell the difference because of the fact that I'm not just sitting around all the time. I've been up moving. I have less aches and pains in my lower back because of movement, and I'm a believer in what you're saying. Now, we got just enough time, and I've had this one in my mind to ask you because I think this has a lot to do with everything that we've talked about, including our last lack of ability to rest when it's time to rest. And that would be the whole craze that I see out there right now with energy drinks. What do you think about Ooh. those? Oh, wow. Geez. Yeah, that's a, I didn't know where you were going. Um, I will tell you, I'm not. So I'll tell you exactly how I feel about them. I'm, I'm not a fan and I'm glad you brought this up. So um, my friends that are listening to this, so, so many of the energy drinks, I won't use any brand names, but um, some of them are actually banned in certain countries, European countries, um, they've been linked to things like heart attacks. They've been linked to things like strokes, um, serious health implications. The studies I've seen on them, kiddos drinking these things starting at a very young age, some of them have um, tons of caffeine in them. Like you don't even realize it. It, it, it just, just happened, a matter of fact, a while ago to one that my daughter had brought to me to take a look at it, and the writing was so small. I didn't even realize how, how many milligrams of caffeine was in this drink. And these things are often now they're getting better at marketing them. So they look like a healthy drink. They look like a right because some of the energy drinks got, you know, bad wraps. So now they're put out there more as this healthier drink. I'm just here again. I, some of there's no hack to this. You're not going to hack your physiology. 
that God made. He's smarter than you. He doesn't going to be fooled by this. I mean, this is an extreme example, but I'll use it. And I hope your listeners are not uh, upset by this. But, you know, if I was really tired, Mike, and so I, I snorted a line of cocaine, forgive the example here, okay? Um, <laughs> and I started to have more energy or whatever, or was active. I don't think anybody would think I discovered the cure for tired. Yeah, not a good right? thing. Yeah, they'd all say, well, sure, you're running around, but that, come on, that's not what you needed. So energy drinks are a, a metaphor to that, meaning I'm trying to trick my physiology to to buy some, quote, energy, but I'm not really getting to the cause of that. So I tell people, honestly, just avoid those things. Jobs, gifts of water and, and things are the best. Maybe some teas, herbal teas are good as well. I'm not, I'm not opposed to coffee. I drink coffee myself, not a ton of it um, necessarily. But, you know, so there's a lot of other things, but I really do encourage people to actually avoid those things um, almost at all costs. And I think I see the vast majority of people using these are young people. And yeah. it concerns me. And I think they've bought into a line, maybe it is a marketing line, but they bought into this thing that these are safe and they're good. And yeah, I'm yeah. too young to drink coffee, so I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But I'll guarantee you these things appear to have more caffeine than than even a two cup a day coffee habit would bring. And not only that, but it's sometimes they're, they have sugar added in with it, mm-hmm. food coloring, etc., there's just yeah. a whole bunch of concocted stuff in there that could be bad for us. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, these things are long games, right? So so it's the same thing. I remember a, a guy saying this one time, you know, we, we all know like what a cigarette takes, you know, seven minutes off your life or something. He said, but the problem is, he said, it's, it's all tacked on at the end. So you don't get to learn about it until it's at the end. He said, now, if you smoked a cigarette and you drop dead for seven minutes, you might think about having another one if you experienced <laughs> right. it right then. So a lot of these things that we're talking about, uh, lifestyle-related things, you know, the, the power in them, good and bad, is over time. So these small bad habits over time lead to major crises. But the opposite is true. These small, wonderful daily habits lead to the longevity and to the benefits that we're talking about. So the law works both ways. You can work with it or you can work against it. And that's my encouragement for you, for the listeners here today. So you might be uh, far off of the road uh, of health and wellness and healing. You maybe have had some struggles and you're discouraged and you don't even know where to start. Um, and I understand that these are the people I work with every day, but just get in the game, right? Some of you are on the right track. You've been on the right track. That's awesome. Keep up the good work, right? We need, we're, we're all in this thing together, as we've heard said many times over That's the last right. few years. And it is true as the body of Christ, um, as just humans out there. And so I just encourage you to, um, to take care of the body that God has given you. Uh, work with it, not against it, and uh, try to provide these non-negotiables to it. And um, and you'll be all the better for it. Great advice for 2024. Dr. Ben Rawl, give us your web address one more time. Sure. Achievewellness.clinic. Achievewellness.clinic. Dr. Ben Rawl, until the next time, my friend, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you, Mike. All right. And we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work. Every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m., you will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. I recently had a chat with Micah Van Hus. He is a member of Southwest Radio Ministry. They bring us the show Watchmen on the Wall, which is heard here on The Shepherd. He has written a book that's very interesting. An author with a book coming out in the springtime, and it's called Secret Societies. Give us the address, how people can uh, go find out about your study. Also, order the book. Marginalmysteries.com. Marginal mysteries.com. Um, that's where you can find uh, the upcoming book, which is already ready for pre-order. My latest book, uh, The Earth As It Was, my speculation about the earth before the flood of Noah, where we talk about dinosaurs uh, and all kinds of uh, watchers and giants and all kinds of things going on. So marginalmysteries.com. Thank you, Mike. Man, that is, <laughs> you just keep throwing all of this interesting uh, ideas out there. 
and I'm going to have to seek these books out and, and do a little checking on you. This is very cool. Now, how did um, a sniper uh, in Afghanistan, Iraq, serving the country the way you did, how in the world or why in the world did you find yourself going toward the direction of doing what a lot of people would think is conspiracy theory, would think that it's kind of a fascinating study, but they know very little about it, maybe even a bit suspicious of it. What caused you to go that direction? Well, Mike, I, I was saved at a very young age, at the age of seven, and I have always striven. I'm not perfect, but I've always striven to honor God. Uh, so I've always uh, been interested in Scripture and the things that God Obviously, he created everything, so everything we know is from God. But about 20 years ago, my older brother, Clayton Van Hus, who runs Affirm Ministries, it's an archaeological uh, ministry, um, he showed me Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, where uh, God chose Noah to survive the flood because he was perfect in his generations. Now, I was always taught, most Christians are taught, that God chose Noah to survive the flood because he was righteous. Yes, Noah was righteous, but that's not what Scripture says. The scripture in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 says, The sons of God saw the daughters of men, we're talking about angels here, saw the daughters of men, came into them and had children with them. The same men were giants. Uh, There were giants on the earth in those days. So the angels, the fallen angels that chose to fall, uh, slept with women, uh, had giant offspring. That's the giants we see throughout scripture. Um, And then uh, God sends the flood to wipe out the corruption of these Nephilim and these watchers. They came in the days of Jared, which is the fifth generation from Adam. Uh, and God, and about four verses after he says, the angels were sleeping with women and having giant offspring. Four verses later, it says, and Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is King James. This is what the Bible's literally saying, that Noah was not tainted with the bloodline of the giants. Mm. And so once you grasp that and start to see what Genesis chapter six is talking about, Dude, I didn't, I didn't stop studying it for the last 20-some years now. <laughs> so that started you off on all of this? Yes, sir. Oh, that's so cool. And realizing that Noah was a man. He w- wasn't a perfect man. We all know that. And no one was but Jesus. But this is so, I believe, eye-opening for a lot of people who have wondered about that and why and how that we all came functionally. We all know we, we were from Adam originally. But then in a very real sense, because of the flood, we're from, we are also can look back to that very thing, Noah, and realize that we're kind of all part from that seed as well. Yes, sir. And if I, if I may back it up with more scripture for another about 60 seconds. Um, so I take scripture, the King James, not the King James version, but the scripture, what we have in the 66 books is the word of God and inspired by God. I don't take the book of Enoch as scripture. But there are ancient writings that show us some things that could have been going on. So the book of Enoch says that God sends a flood because of these watchers. He casts these watchers into prison until the great day of judgment. The book of Isaiah prophesies that these spirits in prison will be ministered unto. They will be visited. Well, you go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18, 19, and 20. Jesus Christ dies on the cross in verse 18. He is of the spirit instead of in the flesh. So he's in the ground for three days. And the very first thing that Jesus does when he is in spirit form is he goes down into the prison and ministers Mm -hmm. to the spirits that made trouble in the days of Noah. He more like proclaimed his victory to them. Uh, But anyway, you can back it up with scripture. Jude quotes uh, what's going on in the book of Enoch. So it's fascinating to back it up with scripture on both ends. And that, of course, that's from the Apocrypha, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. It is not inspired scripture. Yeah, right. Not inspired. I just want to make sure everyone understands that there is no in the Bible book of Enoch. So we just want to make sure that that's right. But you're right. And and, and, in your writings that I read, I also saw you quote one of my favorite study guys, and that was Josephus. You you, uh, talk about him as well. And he offers a lot, not biblical, not, uh, or I should say not inspired the way the Bible is, but still very helpful history. History is like a puzzle. The Bible doesn't give us all the information. It gives us what we need, the story of Jesus Christ. And so I recommend that everybody knows uh, that story, but about other topics like the giants, like the flood, the Bible doesn't give every puzzle piece. Well, there are other uh, books in history, whether it's, it's scriptural, whether it's talking about Christian things or not, just like Josephus, like you said, 
there's so many puzzle pieces you can put together and start to see a picture of what was really going on Mm -hmm. in the antediluvian world and in the early world. Like I said, Josephus is one of the three resources that say that Nimrod built the Tower of Babel. So there's all kinds of things that connect back there. I agree. Now, there's something that in the balance of our time together, I've got to ask you about. <laughs> I saw a video. I've seen a couple of them. They they appear very troubling. They appear very dark. It's most always in the uh, cover of darkness in the nighttime hours. And uh, it is this thing called the Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, American presidents have participated, even mm-hmm. recently, I might add. It's not like mm-hmm. uh, a generation ago or or a hundred years ago. What yep. in the world is the Bohemian <laughs> Grove, and why would a president go to it? If you want to know, you got to buy the book, Secret Societies. No, I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't leave you there. So, um, no, Bohemian Grove, it is a, a club uh, out in the redwoods of California. And uh, like Mike said, um, there are multiple presidents, and, and these are actually usually Republican presidents. Um, and, uh, Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan have a famous photo at the Bohemian Grove. But at the Grove, it's not just a club for a good old boys club for who's who. They actually don robes, carry torches, and do a mock ceremony to a 30-foot concrete owl statue where they burn a human effigy in front of the statue. If you've heard of Alex Jones, this is what made Alex Jones famous. Him and his cameraman snuck into the Bohemian Grove in the year 2000, and they got a film of the cremation of care ceremony. Uh, and so the Bohemian Grove, it is odd. Um, now, I, I was in politics for eight years. I served as a state representative, and I'm a conservative. So I would call myself conservative before a Republican. So when I say that Republican presidents go to the Bohemian Grove, I'm not trying to bash one side. I was on uh, that side. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, so it's, You're it's just fascinating. stating facts. Yes, sir. Bohemian Grove, uh, their motto is uh, Whispering Spiders Enter Not Here. Uh, I probably mixed that up a little bit. Whispering Spiders uh, Enter Not Here. And it, it's, um, you know, it, it's one of those mysterious clubs. We talk a little bit about it in the book, in the minor secret society chapter, along with Skull and Bones, uh, Illuminati. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about some of the uh, child trafficking that is going on uh, here at the southern border and in the United States. So we talk about a number of those things uh, going on. Now, I have to pause and ask a follow-up question then. You, at this event that you're talking about, did did that come over intentionally, like what it sounded like it did, a sacrifice to that that statue? So, yes, God says, burn not your children to Moloch. Um, they don't call the statue Moloch, but they are burning a human effigy. Uh, and so, yes, they're, they're actually they, – they, uh, they have a table. It's got a wire frame of a human, and they pack it with uh, – uh, hay and straw for this ceremony. And there are pictures online. In fact, Alex's Jones video shows it mm-hmm. of these guys. I, you don't, see, you don't yeah. see, yeah, yeah, you don't see any of the presidents in the video, but you, these guys donning robes looks very much like the Ku Klux Klan. They're holding torches and they're burning a human effigy in front of a 30 mm-hmm. foot yeah. concrete owl statue. Now, it, it, since we're on that subject and you brought up something that we had talked about off of uh, the program here, the Ku Klux Klan, now would there be any tie in? Uh, with the clan and with this, these Knights of Templar, or would they have uh, fashioned themselves in some way to a, a secret society like that? Um, yes, yes, in, in some ways. Now, there are a lot of societies who claim to be the remnants of the Knights Templar. Uh, there are a lot of societies that, that, that claim that. So um, I think a lot of people see that as a semi-honorable thing. So um, they want to claim it. So no, the, the Knights Templar were not in line with the Ku Klux Klan, but uh, the Knights Templar actually have a lot more fingers into our history than people uh, know. In, uh, see, 1307 is when the Knights Templar were persecuted in France by King uh, Philip IV, and that's when they, quote-unquote, uh, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Actually, they became the, the Order of the Knights of Christ in Portugal. And then you'll notice when you look at the portraits of the explorers, um, Vasco da Gama, uh, Hernando de Soto, a number of the explorers who are coming to the United States, what do they have in their pictures? They have Templar crosses around their neck. What do What is depicted on Christopher Columbus's sails on his ships? Mm-hmm. They are Templar crosses. So no, the Knights Templar, they went away in name only. They became the Order of the Knights of Christ, uh, and they actually, uh, through Portugal, um, Portugal uh, meaning Port of the Grail, um, that is how the Knights Templar spread across the world and implemented uh, their holy order. So you're saying Portugal gets its name from Port of the Grail? 
That is one of the theories. I forget the name. Not Baldwin. It's one of the kings um, wrote a cryptic uh, letter uh, to the Knights Templar and Port Ugal uh, is Port of the Grail wow. uh, in that letter. So wow. that's one of the theories on how it's got its name. This, boys and girls, is what you can learn if you do a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, right. well, we have YouTube videos, MarginalMysteries.com. It links us <laughs> to our YouTube page, and we got tons of videos on our YouTube page, Marginal Mysteries. All right, Marginal Mysteries. And again, you mentioned this earlier. You produced that for Southwest Radio Ministries. We carry Watchmen on the Wall right here on The Shepherd. Yes, sir. And I'm on Watchmen on the Wall twice a month. That's great. Great. Oh, my goodness. This, I'm just honored to have you here. Uh, I've talked, I've spoken with Edward Weber from there before yes, and a few of other the people that are from that organization. And uh, you guys are just doing a great work for the Lord. Uh, you know, you, again, as a Marine, always faithful, the core, that, they have that motto. And yet we are living in a time right now where it seems that a lot of our own government leaders when I think of the border, I think that they're not being anything but faithful to our country. What's going on? A person like you that's worked in the military, you've served, you've risked your life, you donned the uniform, you went over there to serve. What are your thoughts, Micah, as to what's going on in our country right now? Um, according to the powers that be, the princes of the power of the air, um, America needs to be taken down a notch. Mm. Uh, throughout history, um, the elitists have been fighting against the middle class. The United States has the strongest middle class in history, and they're trying to collapse the middle class. That's why people have not been able to succeed. The elites have not been able to succeed is because of the middle class, and they're trying to destroy it here in the United States. Um, that's the overall view. I don't know how detailed you want to get. Well, that's a big overall view. So you would see, uh, like what I think most people think, there there has to be a willingness to just turn a blind eye to the border and to realize that millions, not thousands, but millions of people are coming into this country right now illegally, and a lot of them are are known dangerous people. It's, it's, it's a lot of uh, lack of caring. We are a very entertained society, and that's part of the plan is to entertain us. And that's one of the dangers of being a prosperous nation. Mm -hmm. um, when people, even in our personal lives, when we have a lot of money or something goes right, we start to lose focus of God. We start to read our Bible less. We start to pray less, at least in general. I'm not talking about everybody. And so we as a country have been prosperous for so long that we have lost sight of what's important. We've lost sight of God. Now we are entertained. We sit in mm -hmm. front of the television and watch movies. Who cares what's going on at the border as long as I've got my popcorn and my TV? So that is one of the dangers of being uh, entertained in a prosperous society. Yeah, I think of that uh, thing that I heard years ago. We are a country of amusement, and we all know that amuse, amuse means not to think. And that is exactly what you're, you, we are doing as a country, and that's what you're referring to. Uh, give us the website again for how people can find out more about your book and about your mission. I appreciate that, Mike. It's MarginalMysteries.com, MarginalMysteries.com. And uh, we study the mysteries of God's universe uh, from a biblical perspective, and we enjoy every moment of it. I've got my books for sale, T-shirts, and then also a uh, YouTube channel. We've got all the social medias, but YouTube is where I put uh, most of the videos. So all kinds of awesome stuff. So grateful to have had you on the program, Micah. Look forward to doing another one in the future with you. This Absolutely. is very interesting stuff. So when your book comes out in, the, in March, we've got to talk about it, okay? Uh, yes, sir. I'm done with it, and we're just waiting for it to be published. We're kind of waiting until March to release it. All right. That's awesome. Micah Van Hus, my guest today. Uh, one more time. I got just enough time for that website. One more time. Marginalmysteries.com. All right. Thank you, Micah. And friends, thank you for being with us as well. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.